This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. And this hour is being presented by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And you know our goal, that's to provide our listeners some good information about our local market um, so that we can all make good informed decisions. And every once in a while, I love doing these road trips. Um, So how are we going to know about our Central Valley market unless we know what's happening outside? So today, we're hitting the road. And I've got a guest on on the line here all the way from Southern California in the Santa Monica area, Greg Pollock. Good morning, Greg. Good morning, John. How are you? Doing good. Hey, thanks a lot for um, for uh, participating in this and letting us know what your market's like down there. But first of all, I want to bring this out because I understand a few weeks ago you watched the uh, Fresno State Bulldogs play your UCLA Bruins. I did. I was there at the Rose Bowl. Uh, you know, I was a uh, on the team for UCLA uh, many years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I thought that Fresno State was uh, was a very very good team. I thought going in we had a shot at beating them. It looked like it was going to be fairly decent in the first half, and in the second half you pulled away and you cleaned our clock. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't won a game yet this season, and <laughs> when we will. <laughs> so what were you most but, impressed about about the Bulldog team? Well, I thought your offense played really, really well. I thought you had a really good quarterback, and uh, your receivers uh, caught everything. It was uh, 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 Our defense put a lot of pressure on him, but they were uh, unable to, to make a difference. Your running game was a really good running game. I think your offensive line blocked really well. Um, so... Uh, uh, you know, it, it was it was a tough one. We had uh, played against Oklahoma the week before, and I was at that game, and we played uh, uh, really well against Oklahoma, even though the score wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't a winning score, but, you know, we had a blocked punt and a, and a um, uh, I mean, a run back on a punt and a run back on a kickoff on a touchdown, and the score was about 21 points different, so that made 14 right there. Mm-hmm. Against you, we were lucky. We got a our, our punter played in that game. Unbelievable! I think at one point he kicked about a, the ball about eighty yards uh, uh, on the uh, you know about seventy on the fly and another ten on the on the ground. Uh, so it was about an eighty yard punt. You know, yeah. put you guys in a real bad position. But right. we just uh, uh, Fresno State was just a much better team uh, that day, and uh, you know uh, what we like Jared to hear. Well, let me will beat me up for a long time over this win. So That's right. Now, I've known you, Greg, for about 10 years, and so I'm going to, from your personality type and your size, I'm going to try to guess what position you played for for the UCLA Bruins. Um, let me think. Middle linebacker. Actually, uh, I was what we called a, a, a defensive tackle, but we played a 4-4-3. So we got, dropped off our defensive ends. And uh, I was a uh, uh, defensive back. We used an inverse type of uh, alignment. Our largest defensive linemen were D 
defensive guards, and our smallest defensive linemen were uh, defensive tackles. Right. And we didn't have any destroy responsibility. We just had um, penetration and contain. Well, I was basing it all off your tenacity. So... <laughs> well, that's oh. pretty tough to be going against uh, 260, 270 pounders in the game. Right. All right, Greg, I have a uh, qu- tell us, you've been a realtor for how long? 40 years or plus, 40 plus years. Okay, and I what? I just got that in two years ago. What market areas do you cover? I cover the west side of uh, Los Angeles, and that goes from, uh, you know, Hancock Park uh, on the east. Uh, and I've done some, uh, some uh, sales downtown, but because downtown is in a, uh, has come into a revitalization uh, to, the, to the Pacific Ocean, uh, north to Malibu, uh, Ventura County Line, and uh, south to uh, El Segundo. So um, okay. that's uh, primarily the area that I covered. El Segundo has to have, happens to have the airport uh, surrounding El Segundo, El Segundo and Playa del Rey. There are some of the most beautiful neighborhoods in your area. A couple weeks ago, my dad and I were just driving through neighborhoods, killing time, and uh, which is what he likes to do at his age, um, killing time. We spent three, we spent three hours inside of IHOP. Boy, talk about killing time! But anyway, we, we drove through the well, neighborhoods. They beat to Top or something? What they B Top? What's their new name? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, um, but but there were some of the most beautiful neighborhoods there in Pacific Palisades. What are the price ranges there? I mean, these homes were uh, twenty five hundred to thirty five hundred square feet, probably big quarter to third of an acre lots. Well, let me let me give you an idea. Uh, uh, the range on the low end for for uh, and and these are. Um, Properties that are, uh, let's see, the least expensive property is kind of what we call a pre-manufactured home, okay? And that's on PCH. And that property um, uh, would is a three-bedroom, two-bath. Uh, it's about a 1,200-square-foot house, and they're asking a million dollars for it, okay? And it's on a, on a large uh, lot that's not uh, buildable. Uh, the next size property in that area would be uh, on, on Sunset, which is a street that you went down when you went to the beach through the Palisades. Right. Um, that that home uh, is a three bedroom, a two bedroom, three bath. It's on a two thousand square foot. I'm sorry, four thousand square foot lot. The house is about two thousand square feet, and it's a million five or a million four ninety five. So that's the least expensive property in our area. Um, and 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 then and then the most expensive property right now is 25 million, uh, and that's uh, uh, about uh, eight bedrooms, 12 baths. It's on a 40,000 square foot lot, and the house is about 14,000 square feet, and that's uh, um, 25, uh, 26 And then we have another one overlooking, uh, you know, that. Uh, on uh, Revis Canyon at 15 million and so forth. So wow. that's that that's the range in the Palisades. It's a beautiful area, and I don't know if you knew this, but Ronald Reagan, when he was president, used to live in the Palisades, and it used to 
back up uh, our sleepy little village was backed up by a lot of uh, traffic and so forth. Uh, and he lived in that Riviera area. Uh, in fact, his house was remodeled uh, or redone a couple of years ago and uh, was on the market for, I want to say, 10 or $12 million. And, I, you know, he sold it a long time ago. So. I got to tell you, Greg, listening to you talk about these homes for $15 million and, and all, to us here in the Central Valley, that's it, this is almost like watching one of those TV shows where about the rich and the famous, because our average price here is around around two hundred seventy five thousand, and so that's amazing to to hear that. Now, let me ask you this question: What is the? I'm going to ask you two questions. What has the market been like in the last five years in your area, and then do you see the market changing today? Uh, Donnie, before I go there, I just want to share one other thing with you. Okay. Uh, we just talked about single-family residents. Uh, if you wanted to buy an, a condominium in the uh, Palisades, it would run you about 700000 okay? And and that property would be uh, – that, that's a one-bedroom, one-bath, about 700 square feet. Uh, another one's on the market. In, uh, for uh, 1,100 square feet, and that's, uh, that's about, uh, uh, 699. And a traditional, uh, one like, uh, uh, one level is about, uh, about 684 square feet. One bedroom, one bath would be about 700,000. The mm-hmm. most expensive condominium would be an Ocean View one that's approximately 4,248 square feet, uh, three bedroom, uh, four baths at 6,500,000. Six so, million um, five for a condo. That's amazing. For a, for a condo, yeah. And, and you're only uh, two hundred miles away from us. <laughs> <laughs> so it's amazing how diverse California is. So I so. uh, just kind of wanted you to know. Now, the the median price of a home is about uh, uh, two million five in the Palisades, and the median price of a condominium is about one million five. Okay. So what? All right. Now getting back to your question, you you said what what it what was the uh, um, yeah? What's the market been like the last five years, and is it changing right now? Yeah, the market five years ago was a little more affordable. Uh, it uh, uh, it is not changing in the sense that we have uh, more um, uh, the pricing has come down. What's happened is uh, pricing has gone up. It went up year over date uh, at least uh, uh, about 100000 150000 uh, this year over last year, same time in single-family residence, and about 50000 in condominiums. However, the number of sales has decreased. Also, the amount of inventory over the last five years has decreased. And one of the major problems with that, Donnie, is uh, uh, I think also the federal tax law, um, because the equity positions on most of these properties is so large, it costs them too much money, even with uh, the 500000 exclusion and then capital gains for people to sell and then buy something else. It just uh, We have to look at that and yeah. see if there's some 
some way that it can be changed on a federal level. I, I see that because, um, yeah, we don't have that problem too much here in the Central Valley. But, boy, I, that sounds like a heck of a problem. It's almost like a moving penalty. Yeah, and it used to be, too, that you could sell and buy something else and, and uh, you know, you, you'd be able to shelter it all as long as you can buy something that costs more. Uh, than the one you sold, but that's not the the new tax law that we had that came in about five years ago. All right, Greg, we only have one more minute left before the next commercial okay. break, but tell us, what is your best real estate advice? Well, I my best really, <laughs> the realtors are going to ha- ha- hate me, but uh, you know what I would do is, uh, in our particular area, selling is, is not as good an opportunity as holding and maybe borrowing against your property because you have the equity, and then buy an additional property to augment your uh, your uh, the the uh, investment because the money sitting in your property isn't making you any more money. It's the value of the property. So if you have the ability to do that, and then also you can help your kids out, perhaps mm-hmm. buy a home, put them in there, lease it out, that kind of thing. Uh, but trying to sell and then buy back. In, in our area is almost impossible. That's an uh, interesting so. real estate strategy, and you know it does work here too to a much smaller scale. But that might make a good future radio show for us uh, to to work on that strategy that you're talking about: keeping, borrowing off of it, and and buying something else to augment it. But with that, Greg, I want to thank you. We do have to go to our next commercial break. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino as we go on our road trip around California's housing market. And our next stop is up north. Uh, and I, on the phone, I have Carl Lee, realtor extraordinaire from Northern California. How are you today, Carl? Good. How are you doing, Don? Great. You didn't know you were a realtor extraordinaire, did you? Yeah. I'm happy to know I qualified. You do. Um, <laughs> Carl, can you tell us what, um, what market area do you cover? Uh, so my core market is in Santa Clara County. Uh, but I do also represent clients in San Mateo and Alameda counties, the two counties that uh, neighbor Santa Clara County. Okay, great. And um, what's the market been the last uh, five years? What's it been like? Uh, so for all three counties, um, it's for the last five years, it's been incredibly crazy with uh, pretty much double-digit annual appreciation rates. Mm-hmm. Uh, up until about March, April, depending on the area we're, we're looking at, uh, this year uh, the market completely changed. Um, just to give you an example um, in terms of what we've seen in the last five years, average prices, everything that's single-family, townhouses, condos, uh, average prices uh, as of September, the month we just had, uh, is up 34.5% from three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and about uh, 70.68% from five years ago, and these are Santa Clara County statistics. So uh, tell us more about that change. Um, cause I think here in the Central Valley, and we're, and we're going to hear from a realtor later in the show, 
about the Central mm-hmm. Valley, but um, we didn't even notice a change until maybe August. When, when did you yeah. start noticing a change in the market? It, it was, and it was a very drastic change. Um, again, depending on the neighborhood and the community, it was a very drastic change around March, late March, and then into April. And uh, just for context, prior to that, we probably would see not extreme multiple offers. Things had kind of cooled down a little bit from the craziness we had uh, prior to this last 12 months. So we were seeing maybe three, four, five offers uh probably about 20 groups on average through an open house. And then in March and April, um, we were we started to see maybe six groups come through an open house on average. Mm-hmm. So a very stark change. Um, so now it feels like homes have been on the market, but looking uh, longer, but in, looking at the statistics, we've actually been consistent in the last um, 12 months, seeing average days on market, anywhere from 14 days to 21 days. In the crazy times um, prior to this last 12 months, you probably saw homes on the market around seven days on average. Mm. Uh, So things slowed down from that standpoint, but really the number of offers coming in is what has changed. And we have noticed a little bit of a price change from that peak in that March-April time frame. I see. So... um... Is would you still consider the market healthy? Um, I I actually would classify our market as uh, going through a correction and trying to find that equilibrium. Um, I think when we saw the buyers stop coming out in March and April, it was a number of factors, but I think the biggest factors was burnout, um, having to compete for several years now with multiple offers writing a ton of offers, not getting accepted and getting outbid. So I think everybody just decided to stop at the same time. We don't see any fundamental economic factors that's causing buyers to be completely gone. So my my perception is that it's really buyers staying on the sidelines. But now they are in control. I think the current environment is more of a buyer's market. And I think in the next three to six months, we'll find that equilibrium. And then we'll probably see a, a few years of a more moderate, appreciating type of a market. You know, you used a really good word that I haven't heard before in this market, but it makes sense. Burnout. And so, yeah, yeah buyers do get burned out after a while of losing, 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 and then some of them back off. So I think maybe, and tell me if I'm, if you agree, maybe what sellers now need to do is um, tailor to that buyer burnout, maybe by you know having a more welcoming approach to marketing the home. Uh, and I I definitely would agree with that. Um, having been in a seller's market for probably close to ten years or more now, I think sellers are used to being in control of the marketplace, and buyers are used to fighting. So I think we're into an environment where we're seeing seller expectation needing to adjust to exactly what you're talking about. A little more friendly, a little more openness, and openness to work with the buyers that are coming in. Now, with what the buyers are seeing, there is also, I think we're seeing in our marketplace, a buyer expectation issue as well. 
So they're thinking, a lot of buyers we've talked to, they think the market is actually going to drop significantly. Uh, but again, I don't see that happening because our employment um, rates, both employment and unemployment, depending on how you want to look at it, are still strong. Uh, we have a lot of the large companies that are major employers in our marketplace, like Google, Apple, Facebook. Nothing looks like they're going to be laying people off. And in fact, they're expanding their footprint here. Wow. And I've heard that. So really... Because you guys seem to have appreciated at a far greater rate than we did here in the Central Valley. So your correction, so to speak, might be more significant than what we see because we had a much more subtle market here. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that statement. All right. Um, What kind of housing issues do you have in your areas? Is there a lot of homelessness? Is there... Uh, very much building going on? Uh, We do have a lot of construction going on. Um, There is a movement in our area uh, expanding transportation. So in our area, the uh, Bay Area Rapid Transit, BART, is the system that runs from San Francisco or actually San Francisco Airport, which is just south of San Francisco, loops across the Bay to the East Bay, through the East Bay, and kind of ends in Fremont now. Uh, we're about to open up the next southern BART station, which is in Milpitas, and that would be in Santa Clara County, the first one. And then there is construction with another BART station, and the plans are for one more to connect down to downtown San Jose. That's also where Google has announced they're going to build a Google Village that will house 25,000 employees when they're done. So we're looking at that and a lot of uh, what we've we've heard throughout the state and we're definitely doing in our area is a lot of uh, building around those BART stations, so transit-oriented developments. I see. Uh, So that's happening to a great degree, uh, and it sounds like it's going to be great in terms of an inventory, and it is, but we're also coming from a significant deficit position from an inventory and supply standpoint. So we're having to make up 10 years pretty much of deficit construction for the demand and the population that's in our in our, our area. And the projections, all the projections I've heard in from the last five years to current is the population growth still will outstrip the amount of inventory that's coming online. So sure. As your jobs price, grow, that's going to happen. Exactly. Exactly. So, and, and Google is not the only one. Apple's looking at building a number of um, employment centers uh, throughout the area. Um, so there's a lot of the big companies are still expanding their employment footprint here. So the supply is still an issue. Uh, rent control is an issue. In the last two years, um, the city of San Jose has significantly increased their um, regulations in terms of rent control and become much more stricter. Uh, Mountain View, City of Mountain View, which is not very big geographically, uh, they've implemented a rent control. So those conversations are starting to happen, and um, we do have some concerns about how that's going to affect the rental market as well as the overall housing market. Okay, I have a question. When you mentioned uh, Google Village, is Mm -hmm. the the employer, Google, going to actually be building these units and own it and rent it to their employees, or are they selling them too? Yeah, so some of the details are not clear yet, but from the discussions, 
it is exactly what you're talking about. So when they're talking about a Google Village, they're not just talking about the campuses that will house their employees. They're also talking about building housing and uh, commercial and retail. And then hopefully with what they're building, it's going to spur other developments around that area. Um, so San Jose, for those that have been in San Jose, San Jose is a big city, but it's really a suburban city that's spread out. It's not even our downtown is not what you would think like a San Francisco. Uh, but with all the plans the city has, even before the Google Village announcement, uh, when it's all said and done over the course of the next five to ten years, you're probably going to see somewhere between 24 to 36 high-rise buildings, wow. some commercial office and residential, both rental and condos. We just built some high-rise apartments here in uh, Fresno. They're two stories tall. <laughs> and I don't think <laughs> yeah, that's what you're talking about. We're probably looking at uh, 12 stories-ish. Okay. And you're only 160 miles away, and uh, it's like another yeah. world. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. Now, Proposition 10 is on the ballot, and that deals with rent control. And with the housing issues that you have, would an increase in the ability communities to have rent control help help you guys? Because I would imagine rents are pretty high there. Oh, it's, it's extremely high right now. Um, so I, I always like to see both sides. So there's some positives and negatives. The positive, I guess, on a short term, I could see that our resale and owner-occupied inventory goes up a little bit. The reason I say that is we've heard from a lot of the um, uh, rental property providers yeah. as as well as the builders uh, say that if – if in San Jose, and we have started some of the uh, rent control. So with Prop 10, it basically allows more types of properties to be under rent control if the local community decides to do that. So in San Jose, we've already implemented for uh, the ones that qualify. Prop 10, if it repeals Costa Hawkins, it will now expand to single family and so on. I so see. in this case, what we've heard is uh, those rental property providers are going to either look at other investment instruments or even look at other states uh, to invest in instead of rental properties here. Okay. So short term, we may see more inventory from a resale standpoint. That may help the pricing there, but that short term, when that's out in the market, mm -hmm. it's it's already you know absorbed in the marketplace. But from a rental standpoint, if it's going to reduce the supply as, again, the demand continues to grow. So we think long term it's not going to help even the tenants that it's supposed to help, at least what they are proposing to help. Okay. So I have one final question for you, Carl, as before sure. we go to our next commercial break. And you've been in the real estate business uh, uh, quite a few years, so give us your best real estate advice. I would say the best advice for any buyer or seller is to focus on what's going on in their lives. So what's the life reason that's causing them to look at buying or selling and to stay focused on that? As much as we try to project where the marketplace is, it's really hard to time things. So they should work with a, a knowledgeable realtor that can help them understand how to work within the current market and local market conditions and also provide guidance to help them make the best decisions so they can get to the point they want. We hear people all the time say, I should have bought three years ago. 
well, it's too late now. You're three years past. Right. So that would be my best advice. Find a realtor that's knowledgeable, that can help them understand what's going on currently and how to get them to the the next step in their lives. All right. Carl, I want to thank you for taking the time today to help our Central Valley listeners know what's happening in the real estate market throughout the, the state. And thank you. And with that, we are going to go to our next commercial break. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And what would a road trip around the housing market of California be without stopping in right in the center, Central California, Fresno? So to help us understand the local Central Valley market, on the line we have Tommy Smith, local realtor in Fresno with Realty Concepts. And good um, good morning, excuse me. Good morning, Tom. Hey, good morning, Don. How are you? Doing well. Thank you. Thanks for uh, letting us call you on this this great day. And um, so, tell us um, what first of all, what market area do you cover in Central California? Ah, great question. So a lot of people just think it would be Fresno, but in reality, we also serve, and I also serve some of the smaller communities outside of Fresno. So I'll do Fresno, Clovis. Uh, Reedley, Selma, Sanger, Madera. Um, I try not to go too much farther than that just because then it kind of throws me off of, uh, you know, my expertise and knowledge of the areas. I like that. If you go too far away, you lose your geographical competency and your, yeah. and your geographical expertise. So maybe you no longer know the school districts, the areas, the shopping. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you, you totally just lose track of the knowledge, and that's not the best way to serve the, the clients. So, however, I mean, it you know, with the other people on the show today giving average prices around one and a half million, two and a half million, um, might yeah. might be kind of nice to sell something there in uh, <laughs> Pacific Palisades. Um, so. You what, <laughs> What what's a typical average home like in the Central Valley as far as price and what can you expect for that? Sure, um, Central Valley. I would say our average price is hovering right around two seventy five range, mm-hmm. and that typically will give you a three to four bedroom house, two bathrooms, and let's say just right around eighteen hundred to you know twenty two hundred square foot home. Wow. Uh, so that's quite a bit, and that's under three hundred thousand. And by hearing yeah. what these other places are, um, that's really something. It's a very affordable yeah. place. It is, and you know, hovering right around that under the three hundred range kind of opens up the you know that FHA financing, which helps you know drive our market right now as well. Ah, that's a good point because um, FHA has their loan limits. I know we're yeah. in Fresno County. I believe it's two ninety four five fifteen something Correct. like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't add cents on there too. Why couldn't they just make <laughs> it an even three hundred thousand? But um, for sure. But you know, who are we to say? Um, yeah. But that, no way can you do that in your coastal areas uh, or yeah, yeah, the the bigger markets. Um, all right, what? Um, 
what has the market been like, let's say, the last five years? Five years, um, I'm going to say um, we've had good, good, good positive from both sides of the, of the equation here. We know we have a buyer and a seller, so I feel like both sides have had some good, good things for them both. Buyers have had good low interest rates, and sellers who uh, you know did, did the right thing with their homes and 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 didn't cash it out or anything like that probably have some good equity, at least twenty percent. So it's been a it's been a market here in Fresno to where we've had a lot of move up buyers. I know for myself alone this year, I've had five clients that bought something through me within five, six years ago um, and moved up um, because they had equity in their homes and they were their time of life was, you know, their grown families. So they were able to move up and get a bigger house. And um, so I've noticed that a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Okay. that That's interesting. So ha- um, prices have gone up in five years, obviously. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And um what what would you say it was the reason for that? Why why would prices go up the last 5 years here in the Central Valley? Um a couple reasons. I feel like Fresno has um some stability within its own community. Um people I think are realizing um larger businesses are coming into town. Uh, you know, the Gap and have the warehouses and Amazon's going to be, you know, here. And I feel like we're getting a lot of buyers that are in the Central Coast. And I feel like a lot of Central Coast businesses and even Bay Area and L.A. markets are using Fresno as a, a hub almost. And so I feel like that's driving, you know, it's giving Fresno the stability. And then I feel like just the the, the consumer comfort of um, buying again. And not worrying about their loan ballooning or and and going back into that foreclosure era. So I feel like just the consumer comfort of being able to buy again. And that's a good way to put it. Consumer comfort. I've heard consumer confidence, but comfort's yeah. probably maybe even a better word. If you yeah. because you feel comfortable uh, correct ma- making that move. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, um, have you seen the market change at all here recently? I would say uh, the one thing I will touch base on Fresno, and I don't know if this is true for the other guys that were talked earlier, but Fresno, we've had uh, a shortage of homes. So, you know, I may have, you know, for every, you know, four buyers, there's one home that suits all four buyers. So that struggle for buyers to get that one home has been seen a lot of uh, offers with, you know, over asking price offers and so i feel like uh, that's what our market's been like we just don't have much inventory here in the fresno county area mm-hmm. um, and, I, and i know when i started i know when i started we always had you know shoot you know a three three months worth of inventory uh and now it's been as low as you know one one month's worth of inventory on the market so tell our listeners when did you start I've uh, started back in 2004. Oh, okay. So I hit the market right when it was hot, and then I went through the foreclosure era, or the steroid era, as you like to call them. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've seen now the kind of the bounce back of being stable era. Uh, okay. Well, good. And so you've um, you experienced a, uh, hopefully it's a once-in-a-lifetime uh Rise and fall, and <laughs> yeah. uh, a lot of indicators say that won't happen again until the next perfect storm, which could be hopefully a lifetime away. And certain, yeah, certain, for sure, I agree with you. And I just hope, certainly not in mine, <laughs> my, my <Yeah>. lifetime. <laughs> um, do you see, um, with all the new building going on just north of the river in Madeira? Yeah. Yeah, is, is that something that um, buyers are excited about or or looking into? Yeah, that's that's such a crazy thing. You know, I remember going a kid. I had an aunt, two aunts that lived in the ranchos, and you know, taking that or drive out there to Avenue Twelve, there was just you know almond trees and and fruit trees out there, and now you have this uh, a whole community out there that's just growing. Um, I think people are excited because. Um, I think it's going to be a chance for Madeira to grow. Madeira's got great schools, um, and it's a short drive out, you know, out to, to, to River Park and out to Fresno. So um, people are excited about that little community. It's You know, if I had to, to compare it to something, I would go compare it to um, a Harlan Ranch out in Clovis. Um, so I think people, I think consumers love having almost like an all-in-one uh, home housing development where they have their you know community pools and community shopping and um, uh, schools and so I feel like it's kind of a, a desirable piece of property right now. Mm-hmm. Now and you mentioned the Madera Ranchos is that a big part of the Fresno market? Yeah, it is. And the reason again, it's a short commute to, into town, and then most of those homes are on. Uh, um, older ranch style homes, but on really big lots. Um, and again, it's just a, uh, um, a hometown comfort type of uh, community out there. Um, really supportive of the ranchos. And, uh, like I said, it's hard to find a home like that here in town on that big of a lot. And I feel like it's a, a more reasonably valued, uh, area. Now, here's another question for you, Tommy. I, um, we've seen interest rates go up a little bit here in the last year. How is, what has been the reaction of buyers towards that? Um, honestly, the true buyers, it doesn't affect them. Um, and I say that because they're still mindful of wanting home ownership to where, you know, if it, if their payment does go up, $25, having a home that they can, having a property or a home that they can call home is more important than that $25. And I like how you put that. The true buyer is more focused on buying the home for the re- that yeah. reason, not by the interest rate and such. Now, I know eventually rates could go so, so high that it affects yeah. f- affordability. But the Correct. true buyer who can afford it is still going to do it. Tommy, I have one last question. Well, excuse me. One last question for you, and that is give us your best real estate advice. Don't sit on that fence. Hmm. Good one. Yeah, get out there. Okay. 
Well, thank you very much for putting it very bluntly. <laughs> and, with, and with that, we are going to go to our next commercial break, so stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we're going to make some sense out of all this, uh, the road trip we just did, and, and the, um, you know, we were in Southern California, Northern California, then back to Central California, and one thing I heard loud and clear, and I love talking to my colleagues around the state and even around the country, because you, it's kind of like being at the front of the boat. You get to see where we're going. And I'll be bold, and I'm going to say, yeah, there's a shift coming, uh, or, or the shift is here. Now, i got to be honest. I was a typical forecaster, a typical economist, and in January I said, ah, the market's going to turn. Except, I have to be honest, that was January of 2016 that I said that. Um, okay, but now I'm starting to feel it, not just think it. And so I want to give some shifting tips. So as the market shifts, what do buyers and sellers do? Well, first of all, you have to know that it's not always 100% a seller's market and 100% or 100% a buyer's market. Hey, sometimes it's a balanced market, 50-50. And keep in mind, I've been selling real estate over 40 years. I've seen three... um, Three major ups and downs. Um, of course, nothing at all like the last one that we saw. That was not major. That was huge. So I think the, the first tip would be don't expect what you saw 10 years ago. And there's lots of reasons why. There's lots of, lots of differences. But, okay, let's go back to the buyers and sellers. What do they do uh, in, a, in a changing market? Let me start with sellers. Sellers and, and listing agents. <clears throat> me too. <laughs> we all got a little spoiled for a while. Um, you know, it, it's like uh, everything was selling in less than a week. You're expecting multiple offers. And, and well, maybe that's not realistic on a long-term basis, a long-term basis or not sustainable anyway. So maybe we're returning to normal. Um, so know that. And normal is the seller has to take what they're selling, prepare it to be beautifully presented. Um, you know, maybe move some furniture around, maybe thin it out a little bit, maybe paint, uh, shampoo the carpets, um, wash the solar panels, get, make it, make it look presentable and Throw out the welcome mat. And here's what I mean by the welcome mat. The the days of a seller saying, you can't see my home unless you make a 24-hour appointment in, uh, uh, ahead of time, and I need to confirm it. Well, you just might not get your home shown at all if, if that's the way you're going to be. So have the welcome mat out, meaning you're welcoming the buyers and the buyer's agent into your home 
with the, the most amount of convenience as possible. And when I say convenience, I mean for the buyer too, not just for the seller. Now, um, what does the, what does a buyer need to do in this shifting market? Um, and I'm going to say rejuvenate. I, I liked what uh, Carl Lee said earlier in the show about burned out buyers. Well, it's time to step back into the batter's box because it's a new game. It's it's um, you have that chance. You, and I'm even seeing it to the point where buyers now have a chance to sleep on it overnight and maybe see, you know, how they really feel about it and not make such impulsive uh, choices just because something is available. So that's what we can see. And, and we're going to stay tuned on this show um, over the next months and, and, and see how the market really goes. Now, Speaking of that, next month, coming up soon, are the elections. There are two key propositions that the realtor family wants everybody to know about. The first one is Proposition 5. Proposition 5 is called the Property Tax Fairness Initiative, and it removes an unfair moving penalty for seniors, severely disabled, and disaster victims across the entire state. So what that means is if somebody bought a home for here in Fresno for $200,000 a few years back, their proposition 13 property tax base means that they're that that's their basis is 200,000. Now it can go up, there's a 2% a year escalator clause. Um but, you know, so it's not going to go up very much and they're not going to get priced out of their home by property taxes. Well, sometimes they need to move. Maybe the two-story place is too big. They need a one-story. Or they need to move closer to grandkids in a different county. And sometimes they even have to pay more for the home than what they're, they, they're selling right now. Um, Proposition 5 would free that up. Because right now, you cannot move outside of your county here in Fresno County, um, and Madera County, uh, you would have to stay in there. You would have to stay at or lesser in value. So if you were selling for three hundred thousand, you you can't buy something for four hundred thousand as it is right now. But Prop Five would allow that to change, and um, uh, also sometimes you you need to do it more than once. Um, you know, maybe you do it when you're 58 years old and then uh, uh, do it again when you're 78 years old. Right now, you can't do that. So Proposition 5, which the realtors are recommending that you do vote yes on Prop 5, um, will open that up. You can then move to any any county in California you uh, and move your property base. You can do it more than once um, it, because people live a lot longer now. You know, it used to be 55 was old. I can tell you it's not old anymore now that I'm on the north side of that. Um, and also, it allows you to buy up. Now, if you buy an extra $100,000, you don't get to keep your the whole tax base at the old rate. You only move it over like for like, and then the added amount that you buy, you, you pay the 1% on. So, 
Realtors are recommending yes on Prop 5. Um, there's another one out there that we're recommending vote no on, and that's Proposition 10. Uh, Proposition 10 will make it much easier for communities to put rent control restrictions on uh, single-family residents, new construction. And this is actually going to have a reverse effect. It's probably going to make rents go up and the costs go up because of supply and demand. You are messing with the, the balance of supply and demand when you put rent control in there. Why would somebody build a new apartment building if they knew they could only have so much income? They're probably not going to do it. And testament to that in Fresno, the city of Fresno, about probably 20 years, no, 25, 30 years ago, rent control did come here on mobile home parks. Lo and behold, there are no new mobile home parks that were built. And that is an affordable housing option. So the realtors are recommending a no on Prop 10, yes on Prop 5. I hope all of you enjoyed our road trip around California's housing market and today, and I hope that you all learned something good from it. Thank you, and we'll be talking to you next week.